Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Let's start with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this day, Lord. Just send the prophetic word for the church. Hallelujah. The Lord will increase the number of newcomers coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We just sense the Lord saying to gear up. Hallelujah. For an increase. All the empty chairs, Lord, we want to prophesy it will be filled. Thank you, Lord. Father, I want to pray for today's service. Let the truth set us free. Lord, we want to declare, Lord, that God, that you are the God of truth, the Holy Spirit, that you are the Spirit of truth, and we welcome you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So today I want to focus on a man and a woman, man or a woman, living a life that has truth. And how this truth from God can set us free. We're also going to look into some practical applications on how to counter the lies of the enemy. Okay? The enemy comes to just to steal, kill and destroy. But before he comes to steal, he just comes to say, Lies. Okay? We men, we all, we men will open our, open our mouths for two things. Okay? One is to complain, another is to eat. So the enemy comes to just to speak lies. Amen? So we need to counter the lies with the truth of God's word. So Genesis 2 verse 7, we need to look into how God created man. Genesis 2 verse 7, the Lord formed, Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. In some translations it says that man became a living soul. Amen? So God's spirit, the breath of life, came in touch with the body. We became a living soul. Amen? So can you tell yourself that I am a living soul? Living, we are living souls. Amen. So the living soul is the order that God has created. It's not a dead soul. It's a living soul. There is life. Amen. So man was created in the original order. In the great perfection that God created. Amen. What a great God that we have. He has created us in great perfection. And in Genesis 2 verse 16 to 17. And the Lord God commanded the man say. Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day you eat of it, you will surely die. So God said to Adam, if you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall die. So God told the truth. God said, if you do this, you will die. There was no multiple commandments. My home, my children sometimes come, there's too much instructions. But in the Garden of Eden, there was only one instruction. Amen, how happy that life would have been if just that one instruction, if the first couple just held on to it. Amen. But don't worry, we are going to come back to that place. Uh, God told the truth and he told the truth in grace. And interestingly, God told the truth just once. Sometimes my children tell me, just tell it once. Uh, and God is like that great father. 
he communicated it very clearly. He said, if you eat of it, you will die. Amen. So God, God told the man the truth. And what happens then? We see in Genesis 3 verse 1 to 4. The devil comes in. Right? That's a twist to the story. Now the serpent was more cunning than the beast of the field with God the Lord made. He said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of the tree of every tree of the garden. So he's very cunning. He comes in with the, by planting it out. Has God indeed said. And the woman said to the serpent. We may eat of the, of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the, of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God had said you shall not eat it. Nor shall you touch it lest you die. So the woman added some spice. To what God said. Okay. We have been doing that. God, woman, as woman said, God said, don't touch it also. That God didn't say, woman just added that. Now what did the serpent say? The serpent said, you will not surely die. So here is the devil introducing the lie. That is why he's called as the father of lies. Because he brought in the concept, the evil of lying. Okay, so devil becomes the father of lies and believing in this lie disrupted the order that God created. Which is that living soul that God created, it disrupted it. What was the disruption? Alright, the effect of believing in lies, it causes us a disorder. We begin to become emotionally unstable. We begin to have highs of Emotional high of being angry and aggressive or an emotional low of going through depression and mental health problems and of pain and, you know, a believing lie doesn't help relationships. It destroys relationships. And the child that, the children that uh, Eve had begin to fight with each other. And the woman who believed the first, first lie had a child that went on to become the first murderer. We know that Cain murdered his brother Abel. So believing those lies didn't help relationship. It took man away from God that when God came in the garden of Eden, he said he was hiding himself. Believing lies led to fear. Believing lies led to insecurity. Some of us, we still live there. We still live there. John 14. Verse 6. It says that Jesus says. That I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the truth. Can you say that Jesus is the truth? In John 8 verse 44. Jesus calls the devil the father of lies. In fact he told the people of Israel. The chosen generation of God. Your father. He has been sinning from the beginning. He is a father of lies. Adam and Eve obeyed the devil and lived as a result of believing the lie of the enemy. Blood began to be shed. They fought against each other. We know what happened in the time of Noah. The earth became increasingly wicked. They began to worship other than God. The devil became the father of lies. Amen. And Jesus obeyed God and lived in the truth and he became truth. 
That is why it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. How many of you know that that promise is for each one of us? God wants us also to become the word and dwell among us. I don't hear some amens. And that's actually the promise. God wants us to be the living word on earth. He wants us that. Amen. That is why he said, I am the truth. So Jesus has now become, he lived in truth and he became the truth. Say he became the truth. He became the truth. He said, I am the truth. The truth is a person and that person is Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to glorify you, Lord, that you are the truth. That you came to reveal the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, God is telling, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge, because you have rejected knowledge. I also will reject you from being a priest for me, because you have forgotten the law of your God. I also will forget your children. We are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Jesus is saying, uh, God is saying, my people are destroyed for they don't know the truth. We are also his people now. If we don't hold on to the truth, we can be destroyed because we believe in the lies of the enemy. Amen. We can reject the truth of God's word. God's word is the truth, but we perish if we accept the lies of the enemy. We're going to look into some practical aspects as well. And uh, Jesus, uh, it speaks about Jesus in verse John 1 verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father. Full of grace and truth. Amen. I love this word. Because it says that Jesus is full of grace. Can you say full of grace? And full of truth. Amen. And he had both. So he had both full of grace and full of truth. Amen. So uh, Jesus was full of grace and truth. So if it is only truth. If you hang around with somebody. That speaks only the truth. How it it would look like? It would look like you are being judged for each and everything. But if you are walking with a person who has got grace on his lips, but has also has truth on his lips, he will rebuke you, but rebuke you with a spirit of gentleness. Amen? So the Lord wants us to be full of truth and full of grace. Amen? So Jesus... Uh, came back. So why did Jesus come back? Jesus came back to take us to that original order. That living soul. That got disrupted because the enemy came in with his lies. So let's look into Luke 2, 3 verses 2 to 6. I'll probably jump into verse 4. As it is written in the book, in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet crying, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight. And the rough way smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of the Lord. Amen. 
So Jesus came to restore. So the high emotions that we go through is level. That is why it says that every high, every mountain and hill shall be brought low. Amen. Every mountain and hill shall be brought low. Every valley shall be filled. Some of our lives are like this roller coaster. We are sometimes high. Then we go, then we come to plain ground. Then we go low. Then we go high. Sometimes we are too low, depressed, emotional, isolated. Sometimes we are high, we are too excited about something. Jesus came so that these highs and lows can be leveled. Amen? It is not just in a special meeting that God wants us, uh, you know, our emotions to be leveled. He all, He wants us to walk in that order 24 bar 7. And I want to challenge the church today. This is the standard that God wants us. Not to be excited just during worship. Why? Because God has called us to have a lifestyle of worship. So we learn to handle success and failure. We learn to handle when some things don't go right in some ways. Recently, my car went through a scratch. You know, old men, you can understand. And it was not a beauty to behold. Huh? And I was like, okay, I need to do this right now. No. I need to call them up, come and fix. And I said, the Lord saying to me, calm down, it's not the end of your life. So then I began to look into it and said, it looks a good design. Uh, it looks a good graphics design. And I've began to found peace in it. But I wouldn't look, initial few days I wouldn't look that way. And then I adjusted myself to look. Uh, uh, so, uh, so we need to handle it. Amen? We, learn to have, we don't need to go high and low all the time and live in that moment of despair. So the key, what's the key? The key is to know the truth. And to apply the truth. So knowing the truth is not enough. It is, it is important that we apply the truth. Can you tell yourself, I want to apply the truth? Tell to your person next to you, you should apply the truth. Now say that with grace. Okay? Say that with grace. You, shall, you should apply the truth. Some of the wives are looking very, you know, you should apply the truth. No, no, you should apply the truth. Okay, now, what does truth do? Now, if you use this key, I will tell you, you will lead an emotionally healthy life. How many of you want an emotionally healthy life? You will lead an emotionally healthy life if you know to apply the truth. Amen? So that's the key. Okay? And so what? So the truth sets us free. John 8 verses 31 to 32. That Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So God's word leads you to the truth. And applying this truth helps us to be free. Now, now freedom does not mean that I can do what I want to. Okay? Now, that's a lie. If you are thinking that freedom is to do what I can do, no, that's a lie of the enemy. Okay? Freedom is to do what God wants you to do. 
Amen? Freedom is to do what God wants you to do. That's the living soul that God created. Amen? So, so this battle is the battle of the truth versus lie. Say truth versus lie. So when lie wins, we saw lie won in the garden of Eden. We got to accept that. Okay? And we are enslaved. And when truth wins, there is life, there is freedom. So there is a pattern in this battle. So if you know this pattern, you will be able to uh, uh, choose between uh, uh, lie and the truth. So we'll examine what that pattern is. We can become masters in believing the lies of the enemy. Because we are born as sons of Adam, we have become masters in what the enemy tells us, what our culture tells us. So, what are some of the truths about truth? Some of the nature of truth. Okay? If you don't understand this, you'll probably not really understand what truth is. So, what is the nature? What are some of the truths of truth? First is, truth is little painful. Truth is difficult to swallow. I was telling this example in the Malayalam church. When I was a uh, child, my mom would give me medicine when I'm sick. So sometimes it's like a not tasty medicine. Okay. And I had no choice. Okay. I had no choice. And I would tell, okay, I will, I will drink this or eat this if you give me one poppins. Okay. So I used to take the medicine in one hand. And I would have the poppins in the other hand. Some of the doctors are smiling at me. And uh, I would drink it or eat it and immediately put the poppin, poppins inside so that I don't want to feel that taste of that bitter medicine. Truth is sometimes like that. It's sometimes bitter, but it's good for us. Can you tell it's good for me? It can be bitter, but it's good. All parents, would you agree with that? That you know, sometimes the medicine is bitter for your children? Does that stop it? No. Somehow make you eat that, right? So truth is the same way. God doesn't hold it back to us. God tells it. This is the truth. Amen? Uh, Truth isn't something, the next thing is, truth isn't something that we get all at once. If we want, so we need to learn truth one by one. So what happened when we became born again? We know, we knew a few truths. What was that? That Jesus is our savior. That we are sinners. Probably we didn't know more than that. Now if God had revealed everything, just like if we, if we give all the food to a just newborn baby, there will be indigestion. So God didn't give all the truths at one by one. God didn't give all the truths just like that, but he releases it to us one by one according to our maturity. So truth isn't something that we get all at once. It is like getting that one piece of puzzle. There are still thousands of pieces out there. Okay? And truth needs to be pursued. You need to seek truth. You need to seek the truth. We need to be hungry for the truth. When you read God's word, you need to be hungry for the truth. Then only you would want to read it again and again and again. So truth, you need to have a desire for the truth. You need to be hungry. You need to pursue it. The other thing is truth isn't ours. We don't determine whether it is 
whether what we say is truth or not. God is the one that owns truth and lies. God I means truth. God is the one that owns the truth. The enemy has brought in lies. So truth isn't for us to decide. It's the word of God that tells us whether it is truth or a lie. So please don't form your own doctrine. I think this is okay. Then you are trying to create truth. Truth isn't ours. Truth belongs to God. What comes from the mouth of God is truth. What doesn't come from the mouth of God, if you are adding something to it, if, you, if the enemy is adding something to it, then that's a lie. Truth shows what is hurting on the inside. Amen. Truth sometimes revealed to us. There is something inside that is hurting. Whether we accept it or not is something else. But truth reveals what is hurting. Truth is non-judgmental. I spoke about that. Truth does not judge people. Truth tries to show people what is right or wrong. You know that? So uh, God told truth once in the Bible that if you eat of this tree, you will die. Truth is non-judgmental. Can you say non-judgmental? Non-judgmental. You need to discern between good and evil. But truth is non-judgmental. Truth without grace is judgment. Truth without grace is judgment. Truth, just mix up the gentleness with it. Hmm? Uh, recently I had to tell to somebody about uh, uh, the kind of... Uh, there was a few things in that person's life that I saw. I was thinking whether I should tell no, I was, I was too much thoughts I had. And I said, no, 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 maybe the person will have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And maybe the Holy Spirit would reveal. Then I thought, what am I here for? What am I here for? What am I here for as that person's brother? Huh? So I went to the person and I said, no, I think that, do you think that this is wrong? Is it according to the word of God? The person said, thank you so much. Thank you so much. See, you need to make them think. And you need to tell them about the word of God with all gentleness. Amen. So truth is non-judgmental. Truth has two barriers and this will prevent you from going to truth. And the first barrier is pride. If you have pride, then you will keep on believing the lies that the enemy says to you. The second is prejudice. And you think that, okay, I, I think that person is like that. That's prejudice. Or that group of people, that race of people is like that. Huh? Uh, uh, so that's prejudice. The another aspect of truth is truth is a mirror. Okay? Truth is a mirror. It shows us that we need to change something is out of disorder. Like some of us that we look into and we know that, okay, it's time for me to hit the parlor. Huh? And same time, the, that, uh, the truth tells us, the, God's word tells us, you need to fix this aspect of our life. So truth is a mirror. And sometimes it's not good to behold what's on the mirror. So truth is a mirror. It tells us what to, it, that, that we need to change, that we have a weakness. It tells us about our strengths. Okay, it tells us about our strengths as well. Do you agree? Yeah, it tells us about our strengths. It tells us about our weakness. It tells us about what we need to change. Truth is not in the voice of the world. Truth is not in the voice of the majority. 
through this in the voice of the Holy Spirit that is in us. Amen. Amen. True, that is the voice. It's a voice of the Spirit that comes. Not by saying, okay, how many people are here? Ten people. If, not, if six agree, then I think I should do that. Then, if you are a teenager waiting to go to college, you will follow the, what the crowd says. Or if you, are, if you are working in a company, you will do what the company does. I mean, what the people there does. Hmm? So, but if the truth is the voice that cries out inside you. Uh, when I was, uh, when I was, uh, uh, you know, in the traditional church, uh, and this happened when I was in first standard or second standard around that time, and there was this Christmas audition that my my mom told me that I should go, and I didn't want to go. I was not a really a musically inclined person. I didn't want to go, but she said, no, 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 you you go. Uh, your brother is going, so you go. So I went for this audition, and my my brother was ahead, and the priest was there, and he said he did it good. So he was selected. Then I went. And I, uh, I sang, apparently. Uh, uh, but the priest said, I'll tell that in Malayalam. And from that day onwards, I had this thought in my mind that lingered for years that my voice is not good. God, my voice is not good. I can't speak out. I can't even, even after becoming born again. I didn't want to sing to the Lord privately because why? That my voice is not good. I can't sing, Lord. And for many years, I carried that wrong self-esteem until one day the Lord encountered me in a prayer and said, I love your voice. I did not create you by mistake. I gave this voice and I just love that. Wow, that just liberated me. From that day onwards, I would pray for those who are singing, you know, who would hear my singing. Lord, you heal them, but I got to sing. Whether they like it or not, it is now their problem. But don't worry, I won't come here and sing. If they have a problem with my voice, I'm sorry, it is between me and God, and my God loves my voice, and I walked in the freedom from that day onwards. So truth is in the voice of the Spirit. And one scripture that God told me was, I have created you fearfully and wonderfully. Which means that every aspect of us is wonderful. So what are you thinking about your weakness? Do you think that you have a very bad nose? I want to tell you that God says that He's fearfully and wonderfully created you. Do you want to look at your feet and you think that, oh, this is not good feet? Look at from the eyes of God and the eyes of God is saying, that's good feet. Amen. You want to look at your bald hair and if you are having some ego about it, I want you to, if you can, if you can, you can say that God is happy about it. God is happy about it. That's the truth. You don't need to walk in that lie that you have a wrong self-esteem, that you don't find it good to look in the mirror. So how did Eve fell for the lies of the enemy? Genesis 3 verse 1 to 6. Alright? So this is the key. You've got to listen to this. Okay, so uh, I won't read every verse. And uh, So the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord has made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall eat of every tree of the garden? So here is the first thing that happens is there is an event. 
event and that is where the enemy comes in. He tries to bring thoughts into our mind. Okay, he comes questioning God, he puts in a doubt. See, he knows how to work in our minds. Okay, he, he came with a doubt. He then has said, has God indeed said? And what had happened in verse 4? Verse 4 said, uh, yeah, then you, sh- you will not surely die. So he puts in, so he's, he's, uh, puts in a doubt, then he puts in the lie. Then what happened? The woman saw, verse 6, a woman saw the tree was good. And this happens in our thought life. This is where I would say is the inner talk that is going on in our mind. Because this is the battlefield. Eve didn't feed any truths to any truth. Uh, on, on, she didn't feed on the truth of God's word. Uh, she kept listening to all the lies of the enemy. She saw that the fruit was good. And she began to believe in the lie. So this inner talk is where in the imagination there is a build up. So she said, hey, that fruit is good for me. That fruit is good for me. So there is an event. There is an inner talk. And what happens after that? There is a reaction. She ate the fruit. No, no, I should not, no, I should not suffer in alone. So she gave some of the things to Adam also. Huh? She gave it to her husband. And now they realized they were naked. They became enslaved. They had to leave the Garden of Eden. If you were driven out from your house, you will understand what it means. They had to leave their home, which God originally prepared for them. Okay? That great, that was the land of milk and honey for them. They had to leave that. And so, uh, now I'll talk a practical example of an inner talk. Okay? For example, you think your best friend has left you, or a close relative of has walked out of your life. So what is the event that you got a call, or you found a wrong text, or a bad text from them? And you're feeling hurt inside. And what is it that you will go, I am alone. I am alone. I am alone. I have nobody. Nobody understands me. And we get into the cycle of that inner talk. Nobody understands me. My wife doesn't understand. There, my husband's family has left me. My, my, my family has left me. My sons don't want to talk to me. They are in the US. They don't understand. They don't come. They don't come. I am alone. I am alone. I am alone. And what is the reaction? And we say, we say, I'm afraid. I don't know. And what is the reaction? The reaction is we get tensed. We get afraid. We begin to become anxious, worried. See, you see, we are believing in lies and we are going to be enslaved. We start to think, we try to drag others. We will find somebody else who has been alone and we try to get into a pity pity talk. And so, how to, how to, then, uh, um, how to then work on this? So Jesus encountered the lies of the enemy with the truths of God's word. So our inner talk, so that is what we need to, re- see, we can't prevent the event from coming. As long as we are in this world, the devil is also there. He will bring in something. You can't prevent that. Amen? 
So, uh, the inner talk is the key that helps us to choose between the lie and the truth. It is what I call a simply private mental dialogue. It is a private mental dialogue. Okay? Uh, what is, so, in this case, what can be the inner talk? Right kind of inner talk. The right kind of inner talk is Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. Amen? I will, when, when the enemy comes and says, you are alone, that person has left me. You build your trust on people. And you begin to have this thought and you give, go give to wrong reactions. But you encounter that with the right thought from God's word. By saying, God, I am not alone. You have not left me as an orphan. I have a father. I have a mother. Amen? Jesus says that he is the firstborn among the brethren. What does that mean? He is our brother. He is our elder brother. I, God, you know, the greatest gift that God gave the church was the Holy Spirit. Recently one person asked me, I am, has told me, I am alone. So I said, is that true? Is that true? No, that's a lie. You are not alone. Well, God wants others, uh, others to be us with this journey. That's also the truth. But there is no guarantee that they will be there. But you need to encounter the lie of the enemy with God's word, God's truth. So it's like, you know, if you know football. It's like this move that is a particular style of play called the counterattack. The enemy comes in. But suddenly there is a move that takes forward. You know, we need to counterattack the enemy with God's truth. But if you don't know the truth, you can't counterattack. You will leave the field and let the enemy score all, all the goals. Okay? So you need to uh, counterattack the enemy and you need to practice telling the truth. Keep hitting at his goalpost. So how does it come? You need to encounter every lie from the enemy with the truth of God's word. That helps us to have to be a living soul. To be a living soul. If you don't encounter, I'll tell you the lie will enslave you. You will go into that pity party in your mind saying, I am alone, there is nobody for me. You will begin to carry an orphan spirit. A lot of emotional problems happen because you don't have the proper inner talk. What are some of the lies that the enemy encounters in our day-to-day life? The enemy speaks about the lies about God. Okay? Did God really tell that? God hasn't said that. Just like he's deceived Eve. And he tells uh, lies about ourselves. You're not good. You are useless. Uh, Maybe he might use somebody else to tell that. Uh, You are a failure. Uh, uh, You are... He he accuses. So when uh, when he lies about ourselves, that comes in the form of an accusation. Okay? That comes in the form of an accusation. And the third lie that he says is the lies about other people. Hmm? Uh, uh, they, they didn't do that. They could have done that to you. Uh, you suddenly feel rejection. So the enemy speaks lies about God, about ourselves. He's the accuser of the brethren. So, what to do with that then? So, when the enemy comes in with different kind of tactics, 
and we speak the truth about ourselves. Okay? We speak the truth based on what God tells about us. The greatest title that God has given us is to be the son of God. Amen? It is not your project manager or doctor. It is the son of God. Amen? You need to take authority just like Jesus did. The enemy may come with a twisted word, and but Jesus spoke the right word. You are hungry, therefore convert the stones into bread. So we need to speak the truth about ourselves. We need the enemy to know the truth about God. Oh, God did this to me. Hmm? Uh, I had an accident long back. And my my leg was uh, put in a pla- I mean there was a plast there was this uh, what do you call it, plaster uh, it was the plaster of Paris and I can't move my leg so one old woman came to pray so you know how they are like they are very wonderful and they came to pray and my leg and only my uh, toes fingers of my toes is outside so my brother is there and um, so she began to pray. Oh, and she began to catch my leg. Oh, And I am like in deep pain. Okay, and the truth is, and my brother said, Can you please leave? So you're causing pain to him. I want to tell you, the truth of God's word is some truth of what God tells us sometimes. Not be easy. It might be painful. I know that probably the person felt painful, but I was going through a grade of pain. Huh? So the kind of what is the kind of truth that we need to pursue? We need to pursue truth about God first, about ourselves, about others. And what helps? I want to tell you. Knowing God's word is one thing. The next level is meditating God's word. What Eve missed is meditating God's word. I think that is why she said, I think God has told us to not to touch that place also. In fact, God didn't say that. If you don't meditate on God's word, you will add water. Hmm? Uh, so you will adulterate the word of God with your things if you are not meditating on it. So I want to encourage the church to meditate on God's word. So what happens? So what you know what is worry? Worry is some meditated wrong thoughts. So you all of you know how to meditate. I don't need to teach you how to meditate. Just like we meditate on a wrong thought and that becomes worry, we need to meditate on God's thought and that gives us life. Amen. Philippians 4 verse 8 to 9. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true. Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there is any virtue, any praise, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. These things which you learned and received and heard, saw in me, these do, the God of peace will do, will be with you. Right meditation leads to right belief. You know what it says? The God of Shalom, the God of peace will be with you. Sometimes we don't feel peace because we have not meditated on the right things. 
whatever things are noble, meditate on that. And I want to stop with one more aspect. There is something called facts. F-A-C-T-S. Facts. Facts are information that could be true. There could be a medical fact. Okay? That you have been diagnosed with so and so. Now that, please don't rebuke the doctor. That is a fact. But what is the truth? The truth said, the truth is that Jesus, the same yesterday, today and tomorrow, that he was a healer 2000 years ago and he is a healer today. By his stripes we are healed. So fact is one thing we may not, we don't need to deny fact. Uh, but we need to, uh, we need to believe in the greater truth. There is examination facts. You know what? You failed in the exam or you didn't get the right answer. You didn't get the uh, uh, right marks. Uh, I remember uh, trying to do a certification that was very, very, very difficult. But when I got the syllabus, I thought, wow, I think this, I can make it. I have experience. I can do that. And I went in with, the, uh, with an arrogance that I can clear it in the first go. And boom, I lost 30,000 rupees. I failed by five marks. Huh? And uh, I began to, the truth was that I didn't study properly. I thought I can make it. And the second thing, time was that I went after three months. And this time I prepared a little bit. Okay. And again I lost by, this time I lost by two marks. Oh, and I was like, God. Uh, and I, by that time I lost around 50,000 bucks. And... But the, then I realized the big truth. Uh, it is like Hulk Hogan. He's been knocked down two times. And the third time it seems like, you know, he won't get up. But the truth is that I learned, alright God, I need to humble down. That was the big truth that I learned. I need to humble down and sit and study. And I, I sat and studied for almost two months. And I finally cleared that exam. So the fact is, so there are facts on one side, but you need to also embrace the truth. If the teacher says that you are, or if anybody says that you are useless based on your marks, work on it. The Lord will give you wisdom. That's the truth. Amen. So truth is crying out. Hallelujah. Father, we want to embrace the truth today. Might be difficult, Lord, at some times. Hallelujah. I sense the Lord telling to many people here, the truth is not based on the report that you have with you. The Bible says that by His stripes we were healed. It is not we will be healed. It is not that we are going to be healed. It is that we were healed. It is accomplished for us. Amen. I want to pray daddy. Hallelujah. For a healing to manifest every back pain. Oh, Rabana Kanandiyana Bhante Shakere. Every back pain be healed, Lord. Every pain that you have on your calves, your thighs, I want to pray in Jesus' mighty name. Every knee pain, if you are having knee pain, this is the truth of God's word that by, your, by His stripes we are healed, we were healed. Put your hand on your knees, hallelujah, as an act of faith. Or anywhere in your body, if you are having sickness, you can put it your hand there. The Holy Spirit, Amen. The Spirit of God's power, He's here. You can, you can 
keep speaking life. You speak life. Lord, there is life. There is life in your word. There is life, Lord. I don't want to live with this lie anymore. I sense this jobless situation for somebody is moving in this season. And because you have been not having a job or you tried and you have been thinking, God, I, have, I can't be used or I, 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 you, you have lost your self-worth. I sense the word confidence. The God will be your confidence. I sense to somebody struggling in their, you're struggling in your teenage years, maybe in your, in your school. I sense the Lord saying, God is your confidence. That's the word for you. Don't believe in the lie of the enemy. He comes just to speak lies. I sense to Tom Chan, God's wisdom is for you. The Lord is releasing wisdom in your life. Amen. I sense for the musicians, the Lord will sharpen your giftings. The Lord will sharpen it. Amen. Hallelujah. For all, all who are into music, the Lord will sharpen your giftings. Amen. I sense to some fathers, the Lord will help you in leading your family well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, we want to pray and close and say that, Lord, that you are our truth. Your word is truth. You are truth. Help us to live as truth, Lord. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Let their people, let others say about us. Let them say that there is a disciple of Jesus living in our background, in our, in our neighborhood. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this wonderful day. We pray that we will embrace the truth. Truth shall set us free. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.